Hello everybody, this is Terrell Cummings, and I'm bringing you the first episode of the Always Rel Event Podcast. Uh, this is a panel-style podcast that invites people from different walks of life to discuss various topics such as sports, business, entertainment, and or current events. Hopefully, we can have good conversation, share our opinions, and hopefully drop some knowledge. So, um, on today's show. Hello everybody, it's Terrell Cummings, and this is our first episode on the Always Relevant Podcast. Uh, I am your host, I'll be the one that's consistently here on a regular basis. Uh, Hopefully in the upcoming weeks we'll have other various uh, guest hosts and guests as well, just kind of uh, talk shop, you know, more on a regular basis and um, just see how things are going with everybody. So one thing that I will be asking them when they come in, um, and I'm gonna ask myself this right now, I'm gonna steal from my friend Charles McBee, who uh, has his own podcast called Black Twitter Talk. Um, So Charles, I'm gonna take this question from you. Uh, I apologize, but I appreciate it because I think it's a really good question. And it is, how are you and how are you really? So I'm asking that to myself right now. And how am I? You know, I'm I'm doing all right. I, I can't complain too much as far as uh, you know, as far as life. You know, I'm in a have a solid job. You know, basically working with friends in the visit in the job that I'm doing. Um, you know, have a good family, great family life. Have a new addition, uh, Copeland. She's four months, so you know. <laughs> Finally starting to get a little more sleep, so I'm happy about that. And obviously, you know, Caden, who's four, he'll be turning five in October. And then my wife, Elena. So, you know, we're in a good situation as far as everything. Um, things could be worse, for sure. Um, but we are all happy. I'm very happy. And we're blessed to be in the situation that we are in. Um, now, how am I really? Um, pretty much kind of the same answer. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I have no complaints overall. There's always things that I want to do better and get better on. Uh, like say for instance, this morning. So recently I've been doing yoga. I've been doing, uh, 30 days of yoga with yoga with Adrian on YouTube. (laughs) And so I've been doing it and I've, I've been through, I think eight days so far. And then this morning, Copen woke up early and, she woke up like probably 3 a.m. And I finally got her back to sleep. And I didn't go to sleep for a second. And then I finally felt I could sleep. Usually I do my, my yoga around 5 or 5.30. And then I slept till like 6.15. So, you know, trying to do better with my wellness. Trying to eat a little bit better. Trying to, you know, ultimately work out more. Again, I got out of that groove once Copeland was born. I'm not starting to sleep more. And we can figure out a little more of a schedule. And... I'm trying to get back in it, but I'm starting that with yoga um, because I actually feel more refreshed in the mornings. It keeps my back and legs from hurting in the mornings because I'm getting old and I'm not as flexible as I used to be. So it helps me stretch, helps me with breathing, helps me just kind of get the day kicked off and started. So I do enjoy that. I encourage everybody to go ahead and try yoga, try it at your own pace. You know, it is for you. You don't have to do everything perfect like it's done on TV. You do it for yourself. You find what's best for you. 
make little changes day by day and then in the end you will see the benefits i've already seen the benefits of doing it every single day for the last week and i would done this morning i might do this afternoon but we'll see i might just call it a day of rest and then get back into the groove tomorrow so um regardless i am doing it tomorrow whether it's well it's supposed to be day nine or day 10 whatever it is i will be definitely doing it regardless so um but yeah, I wanted to try to do better for my health overall. Uh, I know I need to lose smell bees. So, like I said, trying to eat a little bit better. I need to get back on my workout program and um, go from there. So, I do see Elena. You know, she's out there working out and doing her thing. So, it's all right. I need to keep up with her. So, you know, just got to try to keep moving on that. So, overall, though, I'm good. Starting this podcast. Honestly, I'm a little nervous because I know what I'm truly going to talk about. I've had some ideas and it's been going over week after week and ideas ideas have come and gone. New cycles have come and gone and, you know, ideas I thought I was going to speak about, I think they're kind of stale now. So now it's like, what am I going to do? So that's kind of what I'm doing right now, trying to figure it out, kind of on the fly and um, go from there. Hopefully bring some topics to the table that everybody's going to be interested in and will want to converse on and, you know, have opinions on because I want to have it so everybody can, you know, put in questions and, you know, speak freely and speak openly and, you know, hope everybody gets comfortable and, you know, know that whatever discussions we have, whether it's in sports, business, life, you know, I'm an open book as far as being able to talk. I feel like we can, we should be able to talk with each other and, um, be able to have a conversation without people just getting too mad and saying, no, that's what I'm going to do and take their ball and go home. Cause I hate people that are like that. I can't stand it. So here I am. All right, everyone. I want to get into kind of my sports weekend and how it went. Um, overall, it was rough. Uh started out with uh, my alma mater, my high school, West Carrollton. Um, that's on the south side of Dayton. Uh, that's where I grew up, played multiple sports there and everything. And they had a tough loss to Vendelia. They lost 41 to seven, but um, now, I think there is a lot of talent on the team from what I have seen. Uh, I haven't seen them in person for a little bit, but I know that they do have a lot of young kids that are playing that are good and are quality. And, you know, they just need to they need to learn. And they're young and they're playing and their numbers are small. And, you know, they need to get those numbers up and get more kids out. And ultimately, I think they just need to have the community behind them and, you know, believe in them. I think for so long in West Carrollton, I feel like the football team's been down and the community just bags on them and everything and they don't do anything to try to help them at all or to stick in their corner or to encourage them to go out and play football if they want to or whatever sport they may be. You know, I just hope that the overall West Carolina attitude changes as far as that. So um, I do know they have some great kids on the team. I know they have some kids that have um, the ability to go out and play college football. You know, I want them to get that opportunity if possible and, um, you know, do what they can. And I just want this community to, the community to support them um, if at all possible because, you know, that's what the young men need. 
they need to see that everybody's here on their side. Um, you know, Coach Black, he is there, and he's trying to change the culture. And, you know, I believe he's trying to get everybody on board as well. And, you know, it's a process. You know, these guys, they come out, they work hard, and they had a few rough games, and that's fine. That happens. Um, but they can bounce back from it, and they can keep giving maximum effort, and they can learn from this experience, and they can keep growing together as a team. And I hope they continue to do so. I know it's rough sometimes, but, you know, they have to block out the noise and keep moving forward and better themselves as a team and as, and as individuals in doing so. So I hope they can do that. Um, next team I'm looking at, Hanover College, small school in southern Indiana. I went there. I played football there. I graduated from there. Um, you know, lots of great memories playing football there. And, you know, it looks like Coach Theobald has them turning around. Um, I know they beat Maryville. Uh, 31 to 10 looks like the defense led the effort on that causing causing four turnovers so um, you know that's good to see I'm glad that they're doing well um, you know I hope they can pull out another um, HCAC championship this year and um, add some rings to the collection so next kind of the downside of my weekend for sure um, Michigan they took a serious L to Wisconsin 35 to 8 um I don't know. The team really does bother me this year. All the things I was worried about coming into the season is completely happening. Um, one thing is Michigan's been turning the ball over. They've been fumbling the ball. I guess their job. So they turned the ball over on their opening possession for the third straight game, which is crazy. Um, Wisconsin, they came out and just they beat Michigan up and down the field. They beat them in all phases of the game. And there was nothing that said that Wisconsin wasn't the better team. Um, on Saturday, you know, Michigan's offensive line was soft. I thought Patterson playing quarterback, his quarterback play was subpar. And, you know, I've been trying to hold back on this thought, but I keep hearing that Harbaugh should be on the hot seat, you know, maybe for the first time, you know, maybe he should be. But then I look back at it and the question is, who would Michigan get to replace him? That's the question. Who would be better for the job? Who's me the person who's going to take Michigan from being a good team or a really good team to the next level in elite team? You know, that's the question. And I don't know who is out there that can do that. So right now, uh, he just needs to work on getting more, getting players um, and having them be disciplined. Um, as my co college coach, Coach Perry, said, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes. And right now, the Jimmys and the Joes are messing up on a regular basis, um, whether it's not executing a play, whether it's fumbling the football, intercepting the football, not giving maximum effort. You know, it's, it's, it's those things, and it starts with the players. So, you know, Harbaugh can coach them all he wants to, but the players have to go out and execute it. If they can't execute it, then it means coaching needs to get some other players that can. So that's where he is right now. That's my thoughts on it for Michigan football. And now my other heartbreaking, I guess, thoughts on the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, they are my NFL team. They look terrible in the first half. They look a lot better in the second half. They started uh, giving the ball more to Joe Mixon. Uh, they started kind of shoring up things on the defensive end. Um, ultimately, you know, on the final drive, they're driving down the field and a tip ball took place and the ball's intercepted and that's pretty much how the game ended. So I don't know what's up with Andy Dalton. He always seems to have the ball um, tipped, and I'm sure that definitely goes to his, to his offensive line. This is not all on Andy Dalton. Um, their offensive line needs to play better. 
their defense needs to play better. Right now, their defense really hasn't been able to stop anybody so far this year, really. Um, well, again, I won't say that. It's been up and down. Seattle game looked like they could be a decent team. The 49ers game, they came out and they just, you know, let the 49ers do whatever they wanted. Everything, every play the 49ers ran, it worked. Whether it was a run, pass, screen, quarterback sneak, doesn't matter. It was all working against them. So, you know, they have a lot to improve on as well. Um, frustrating to watch because they do have glimpses where it's like this team could be decent, but then it just seems like they can't pull it out. So I'm sure that the new coach, Zach Taylor, is uh, doing what he can to work with the team and see what they can do to improve. But right now, it just looks like the same old bungles. And, you know, that kind of hurts to say it because I was hoping this year would be a little bit different. Um, but on a good note, my fantasy squads this week were undefeated. Um, won pretty handily in all in everything. Well, not the FanDuel League, barely won that, but got some cash on it. And you know, for that, I'm $45 ahead for FanDuel for this week, so I will take it for sure. So, um, overall, fantasy leagues are looking decent, They're looking better than what Michigan and the Bengals football is looking this year. So. Um, hopefully some of that can uh, get passed down to those teams that are struggling for me. And um, we'll go from there. So. All right. I want to kind of bring up a situation that took place a few weeks ago um, in Dayton, Ohio. Um, a football player from Dunbar High School, I guess, took place uh, when Dunbar was playing uh, Roger Bacon out of Cincinnati. And I guess a football player from Dunbar High School headbutted a referee during the football game. Um, I guess ultimately it was the second quarter, around seven minutes left to go in the game. Roger Bacon was was winning like. 28 to 6 or something like that and um it may have been 28 nothing I'm not sure of the score but either way there were a lot of uh, a lot of penalties that game I guess uh at that point in time Dunbar already had 10 penalties and uh four of those were personal fouls already in the first half um I guess a play took place and the referee called a personal foul on the kid and the kid did not like it and started basically cussing out the referee um and ultimately, and he, he was called for the personal foul for pushing a Roger Bacon player. Player didn't agree with the call, started cursing. The player was not the player was not initially going to be ejected from the game, according to the referee. Referee said that he just he heard the kid, heard him getting upset, and he basically sent the kid off for a play. He said, "Get off the field, calm down for a play." And he said the player said, "F you," and headbutted him with his helmet on, right in the head. So, it's hard to not be surprised at the potential aftermath of that. Um, at that point in time, obviously, the referee threw another flag, ejected the kid. And at that point in time, the kid took off his helmet and was going after the head referee until his teammates and coaches grabbed him and pulled him off the field. So, I don't know if this is something that's normal from this kid, if... His teammates knows that he's an emotional player, and something like this it could always potentially happen. 
I know everybody has those players that they grew up with on their teams who were more emotional than others, and you never quite knew exactly uh, what emotional point they were reached during the game. You, you would hope that they're not going to punch somebody or headbutt a referee or something like that, but everybody's grown up with players that are in that boat and have that emotion. And hopefully a lot of times either the player can control those emotions or their teammates can be there before those emotions boil over. But obviously that doesn't always take place. And they happen for various reasons, and a lot of times you'll never really know. Um, like I said, it took place. They ejected the kid. Um, the Dunbar coach immediately apologized to Roger Bacon's head coach. I know the superintendent of the Dayton Public School School District. They apologized, and they, they are – the school district and the high school are both cooperating in the investigation that's being put on by the OSHA or the was the OHSAA, the governing body over high school sports in the state of Ohio. Um, the referee uh, sustained a concussion. Um, he was basically out of work for a few weeks, as far as everything. So I know it affected his pay, and he went on the you know, the news cycles talking about that and how it affected him and and everything and the response from the OHSAA is saying that the kid will first will face further discipline um Dunbar High School and well I said the high school and the, and the school district are both uh, cooperating fully um overall they're saying that there have been 10 reported incidents where referees have been attacked in the last year and a half whereas in the previous five years there have been zero um the juvenile being charged in the case He's getting charged with one count of felonious assault with intent of bodily harm, which is a second-degree felony. Um, it looks like due to this situation, um, the, there's been an, a Senate bill, the Senate Bill 118, put before the Senate Judiciary Committee saying um, it's going to make assaulting a sports official a fifth-degree fifth felony instead of a first-degree misdemeanor. So I know, I guess there have been quite a few states that have been doing what they can to kind of try to protect these referees from whether it's players or parents or whoever that may be, um, making it basically a a fifth-degree felony versus a misdemeanor. So um, I don't know, a lot to take in from this particular situation. Um, Like I said, once they ejected the kid, uh, the referees went ahead and just canceled the game at that point in time. And they awarded the game to Roger Bacon. Um, I don't know if that was necessarily the right decision. Um, but I guess maybe they felt like they were losing control of the game. And I'm guessing that they gave warnings to both to both coaches that this would take place. I said, I don't know the breakdown of all the penalties that took place. I think a lot of the penalties were on Dunbar. Um, but I'm not positive about that. So... I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it because um, obviously someone wants to place blame on someone else. The referee wants to place blame on the kid, and you know, he says he understands that the kids, they make mistakes, but you have to be accountable for your actions, and he thinks that at least for the rest of the year, this kid should be um, expelled from all sports. He wants him to be in school and finish school and everything like that, but he doesn't believe that he should be able to play um, any high school athletics. So, I mean, I guess I understand that, you know, that, that, that can be a good thing. Um, that can be honestly a good thing, but that can be, um, one way to resolve the issue. 
I won't say even say it resolves the issue, but kind of one punishment. I don't know what the true punishment that's going to fit this crime, you know, because a part of me thinks that the the OSHAA wants to not necessarily make an example of, of this situation, but they want to make sure that people and kids are not tempted to go ahead and do this again. Let them know that there's going to be some kind of serious response for them taking these kind of actions. So um, I don't really know what the best resolution is for this situation because typically, you know, coaches preach discipline to their players and they try to preach to, for them not to get too emotional or not let them not lose their heads when they're playing. Um, you know, always keep everything under control, keep the tempers under control. That way something like this doesn't happen. So when something like this does happen, a lot of people say that it's the coach's fault, which I mean, partial blame probably is to the coach because if this kid has been like this and has emotional outbursts like this, could he have maybe taken him off the field? Could he have not allowed him to play? Because if he did in the game, I'm sure to some extent he's done it in practice and other parts of their lives. So, you know, what 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 can be done to try to help this kid out? And you don't know the circumstances why the kid is emotional like this. You know, that's getting that's opening a whole another can of worms that probably nobody wants to get into as far as that as well. Like you don't know this kid's home life, you don't know his situation, um, you don't know why he might have he maybe he has emotional outbursts, you don't know. You know, maybe it's a kid that just likes to fight. But usually that has to do with what the home life is and what he experiences on a daily basis um, outside of school, maybe even in school. So, I don't know. And, I I mean, I don't want to see the kid... I don't know. I just don't want to see the kid made an example of, but I feel that's what's going to happen. And I know they're talking about at least one year incarcerated that or he would be in juvenile detention until he's 21 so I, i'm i don't know he's not 18 yet but i don't know how old he he is i don't know if he's 16 or 17 i'm guessing he's 17 but i, I have not seen an age for the kid and so um overall i don't know how to how to really you know what to even really think about it you know i don't know how you can what's going to be the best uh resolution for this particular situation because you know, I hate to see the kid go to jail over this. Um, I understand. I guess it is assault with weapon. He still had his helmet on, so that's not that's not helping anything. You know, um, you just wish there was some kind of alternative solution, but also something that can take place where it's going to keep people from doing something like this in the future. So, I I don't really know, and. I'm at a little bit of a loss as far as that. I was hoping to have some people on uh, on here to kind of discuss further and get kind of their opinions. Um, I know there's opinions from all sides. So, I mean, I saw I was watching a news interview with uh, someone that was um, parents from um, from another high school around the Dayton area, which is Centerville. You know, and and you know they're basically saying you know this all starts at the home, or parents need to be able to you know control their kids. Or, you know, if it was me, um, you know, I would feel like I was 
that my kid was being disrespectful, obviously, even yelling at the referee, and he he or she knows better than to do that. Um, but not everybody's in the same situation. So I don't think we can necessarily just lump everybody in that bucket. You know, ideally, yes, that would be the ideal thing where a kid's going to be respectful regardless, but we all know that that's not always the case. And some kids are more respectful than others. Some kids care more than others. And, you know, what can you do to try to limit limit that damage? I don't know. So, you know, if you get a chance, you know, think about it. You know, you can look it up. You can read read about it. Um, like I said, it was a football player uh, who remains unnamed right now. I think he is still... Um, I don't know if he's incarcerated or he's in, he might be in juvenile detention right now um, awaiting. I know he has officially been charged. I don't know when that they're actually going to have a court date or anything like that. But, you know, I like to you know, hear from hear from some people, their opinions on this situation, because, you know, I have a feeling that this is going to be something where the state or the the OSHAA or whatever it is, they're going to try to make an example of this kid a little bit. And um, I don't know if that's going to be the best thing. I don't know if that's going to be the best resolution. Obviously, something has to take place. You can't headbutt a referee and disrespect a referee like that. But I don't know. And plus, another thing that makes it even worse is Dunbar has had issues before just with athletics where, uh, I guess, a couple years ago, they are trying to um, throw, throw a game so that I think another Dayton public school could get into the playoffs. Or there's a point-shaving issue with, I think, their basketball program or something like that. Um, I don't know. I won't say it was a point-shaving issue. I read an article where there was something with their basketball program where they are suspended from the playoffs. And, um, you know, it just doesn't look good for the school, even though this situation was kind of out of their hands. And it's just a matter of how they try to you know, try to resolve the situation. Um, I don't know what the best solution is. I'm all ears for opinions on this. Um, obviously, you know, you, you want to have the best resolution possible, but, you know, you don't always want to necessarily rule with an iron fist either. Um, I don't know. It's just a tough one. But, you know, let me know your thoughts. You know, send a message. Um hit us up and you know hope we can bring it back up maybe next week on the podcast and um kind of speak a little bit further on it because it's going to be an ongoing issue <clears throat> and there's a there's so many different paths that or so many different situations so many different paths that this situation can go and it's not just you know it's not just a one-stop shop it's not just a one resolution issue you know it's something that hopefully everybody talks out and they talk through and you know, like I said, Dayton Public Schools and Dunbar High School and OH, OSHAA, you know, they're all working together on this. So hopefully they can come up with a good solution that's going to deter players from acting this way in the future. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I would have to be in, I would love to be in that meeting or in that group to hear how they're going about it, what their process is and what their thoughts on are on it and what kind of resolution they come up with. So it'll be interesting. For sure.
Alright, I want to talk about the saga and the drama that is known as A.B., a.k.a. Antonio Brown. This dude is trying to do the best he can to not get paid. I don't get it. I don't get why dudes or professional athletes do what they can to mess with their money. Um, I understand that they kind of have the ability to do what they want a little bit. And that's the thought process that a lot of them do have. But, and I personally don't care about any of that. And just like show up on the field and play, I'm normally good. But I don't understand why dudes would do anything to jeopardize their paycheck. There's all kinds of things they can do that is within the rules of the NFL or even borderline not in the rules of the NFL or even outside the rules of the NFL, and they will still get paid. Yet, dudes like this one find ways to not do so and to lose contracts and to not maximize his utility, not maximize himself as a player, and he will probably never get the amount of money now that his talent deserves. Not him, his talent. I don't know. I don't know. To me, he just seems like a headache, which is fine if you can show up and play and prove it. And I guess normally he does, but I don't know. Lately, he's just had some issues. And maybe this is all going going on behind the scenes with the Steelers back in the day. And and um, they let it go. They turned a blind eye to it because, I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the league for, for quite some time. And, you know, they kind of got to the end of their rope and... I don't know. Maybe this is the downfall of Antonio Brown. Um, I don't know. Let's recap where he's been since, I guess, uh, since he was with the Steelers at the end of last season. So he had issues, runs with Coach Tomlin. He had runs with Big Ben. He runs with Juju, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, you know, him and Big Ben used to be tight, but... I think Ben, Big Ben being Ben Roethlisberger, he had said something. He blamed A.B. for something, which he was wrong to do, and he shouldn't have done that. And A.B. took it personal, which he, you know, I can understand kind of why he would. But that definitely drove a wedge between those two. And before, you thought that, you know, they're boys, they're thick as thieves. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It is. It was the downfall with those two. I don't think Coach Tomlin really cared for him in the first place, but he was producing on the field, and, you know, you give more leeway to the guys that produce on the field. That's just how it is. That's how it is at every level. It shouldn't be, but the headaches are worth it as long as you can win games and get production. So, And then Juju Smith-Schuster, I think he was kind of threatened by him because they drafted him. He probably saw that he was going to be the future, and the ball was going to be taken out of his hands because – they have someone else there. So, you know, maybe you felt threatened. Maybe not. I mean, they both had really good years. Um, I don't know. It just didn't seem like that anybody was too upset when uh, the Steelers traded them away to the Raiders. So, I don't know. Like I said, Pittsburgh, they probably dealt with him for a period of time, obviously. But... I think they're all they're all also like you know good riddance, and Oakland thought they were going to get a, a solid player, and everything just started going wrong from the beginning. So, 
He couldn't get to training camp because he was over in France doing whatever he was doing. And he was in a cryogenic chamber. didn't have the right footwear on. And he got frostbite on his feet. I don't know whose fault that really was. You know, I think it's probably his. But it should also be the company that he was, uh, where he was at the cryogenic chamber. You know, you think they would give him the proper tools to go into that chamber. So there's some kind of neglect somewhere, whether it's his fault or the company's fault. I'm guessing it's his fault because I'm not hearing anything about any kind of lawsuit against that business or that company because if it was me and they gave me the wrong footwear to go in the cryogenic chamber and my feet were messed up from it and it kept me from my, my livelihood, which I would, you know, if I was him and I was a receiver and I need my feet to run and to cut and do everything to make my paycheck, like that's grounds for some kind of legal action because you're keeping me from doing my job because you neglected something. But I've not heard a word about that, which makes me think it's something that he did. It's something that he messed up and it's not something that he's talking about. And I haven't heard anybody else talk about it either. So that one's probably on him. Next, it's the whole helmet issue. I don't know what to think about that. He's the only player in the whole league out of every team, every player, practice squad players, 53-man roster players that did not adjust their helmets to get updated helmets with the, I guess, that were within the rules and within the updated years of the manufacturers, of when the manufacturers made the helmets. He is the only player not to do this. They sent out messages and emails and notes or whatever to all players a year in advance saying that this is the date that these helmets that were manufactured in this time frame will be illegal. He was told this. And they said you need to have an up-to-date, up-to-code helmet by this date. If not, you will not be able to play. And that was it. It was plain and simple. So he's trying to make this issue, he's trying to make this into an issue, and I don't get why he is. It is pointless. Now, everybody has their conspiracy theories saying that he wanted to originally go to the Patriots and he was trying to find a way to get out of his contract and this helmet issue was a way to do that. So, unfortunately for the Raiders, you know, they had to deal with the frostbite issue and he couldn't really practice. And then when he could finally start to practice, he had the helmet issue. So, you know, that pretty much takes him out for the first week he can't. And, you know, I was kind of trying to keep up on it with uh, the show Hard Knocks and HBO. So you kind of see kind of what he was doing, you know, outside of practice a little bit. But I don't know. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. I don't know if it was on purpose or not. And then, you know, everything seems good. He comes back like he's going to go to practice. And then him and the general manager, Mike Mayock, had some kind of disagreement. AB throws whatever racial term out to him. And the Raiders are basically like, all right, well, you're saying this. So we are going to cut off your guaranteed money, which I think the contract was for maybe four years, $40 million, something like that. Or $40 million guaranteed is what it was. And so the Raiders are like, all right, you're going to say that. Well, um, we're going to not give you your guaranteed money. And you can basically play the contract uh, paycheck to paycheck um, and earn your money that way. And so that's how that started. AB said, I'm not doing that. You know, I want some kind of money. I want to get out of here. 
you know, if you're not going to give me the money, I'm not going to play. We have an issue. You know, it goes back and forth a little bit. Gruden comes out being the coach saying, hey, everything's going to be fine. We back AB. Everything's going to be cool. It's going to get figured out. Then the Raiders like, nope. That is not the case. We are not paying you. And AB basically went on Instagram or YouTube or whatever it was and said, you know, I want to be traded. I want to get out of here, blah, blah, blah. And they did not take the Raiders long to go ahead and I, don't, I can't remember if they traded him or released him. Either way, I think they traded him to to the Patriots. And or maybe, no, maybe they did release him and they let him go. And everybody seemed happy. Raiders like, all right, good riddance. We don't need that headache. AB's like, all right, good riddance. I can go do what I want. And basically, the Patriots scooped him up. And they based, I think they signed him to a two-year deal. Uh, actually, no, it might have been a one-year deal with a $9 million signing bonus. So, technically, on the signing bonus, yeah, it wasn't as much of a lump sum. But for the one year, he got paid almost the you know, almost same amount if you break it down by year. So, I mean, it wasn't too much of a drop-off. Plus, he was there at the Patriots. They were Tom Brady. You know, they're in the Patriots organization. I just wondered, before the whole thing happened, if he would be able to um, get on board with playing the Patriot way. You know, everybody, they, the team comes first. You know, there's no me guys. There probably are me guys, but ultimately the team wins out. Um, he has to get on the same page with Tom Brady, which I was wondering how that would work because I know Chad Ochocinco back in the day tried to do that, and he couldn't get on the same page as Brady with as far as the playbook. And because of that, Brady did not throw him the ball. And that's why Chad Johnson did not last that long out there in New England because – he couldn't get on the same page as Brady, and he just wasn't the same player. So I was wondering how that was going to be for A.B. You know, he came in, no, nothing happened, came in for practice, and all of a sudden you hear from TMZ or whatever news source that it was that he was in the middle of, I think it was a civil suit, where um, he was getting charged with sexual, I don't know, sexual harassment or sexual assault. I think it was sexual assault. That's what came out at first. So... The Patriots didn't know, so I'm sure they were kind of taken back by that. Um, and I guess Drew Rosenhaus' agent said that um, that they found out basically in the final hour, but it was in the process of everything getting signed, so they didn't want to bring it up, basically. So I think that's kind of shady, but you know, agents, they want to get paid. The player wants to get paid, so whatever. Um, they, I know that's one thing. The Patriots, I think they kind of roll with it. They're like, all right, well, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll wait it out. You know, if you say it's nothing right now, you know, we're not going to do any action until the NFL, ha you know, has any action against him or the courts have any action against him. So that came out. Some other story about him being at the physician's office and videotaping himself with the physician and, you know, farting in the physician's face, you know. I, I don't know as far as all that. I don't know how, what to think about that. Uh, apparently at the time when he did it, he farted, he posted it. You know, the physician was laughing about it. So, and that was a few years ago. So now the fact that the, the physician comes back out and says it was unprofessional and all that, you know, I think it's kind of janky on the physician side of it. Now, should, have Anthony, should Antonio Brown have done that? No. But the fact he did it, it seemed like it was a joke. And it seemed the physician went along with it and laughed about it. You know, he should have left it alone. Like, there's no reason why the physician should have come back later on and tried to make it a big deal at that point in time. He should have done that way back in the day, like two or three years ago when it happened. 
So, but still, it's just another news cycle about Antonio Brown. And then it comes out in the news that he has sent threatening text messages to another young lady. Um, I don't even remember what it was really about, but he sent it to her saying she better not come out in public or say whatever she's going to say. So obviously something happened and he was basically telling her, don't come out in public with it. So, I mean, that's another thing that happened. So I don't know. There's just one thing after another. And ultimately the Patriots, when they heard, I think the sexual assault charge, when they heard it was actually rape charges, that's when they decided to go ahead and cut them. And, um, even though it couldn't, it, it couldn't go to the criminal court, I think, or due to, um, oh, what's the, what's the word? Um, due to it being outside of the time frame when he could be charged for that. Um, but a civil case could definitely still be in place. Um, but even after that, um, I don't know. Once he was released by the Patriots, AB decided to go ahead and, you know, do what he does and post stuff on whatever social media it was and started bad-mouthing players, started bad-mouthing Robert Kraft, which, I mean, I guess he he has a, a right to be mad because he did get cut, even though everything was happening around him. He wasn't getting charged in a criminal charge. He wasn't, um, he wasn't in any kind of trouble yet with the NFL, but the Patriots went ahead and cut him anyway. So, He's probably going to have a some kind of argument to stand on everything, but then the Patriots are also going to have an argument, you know, basically saying that you know maybe within our the contract that there were certain parameters that he had to stand and uphold to, and with all the drama that was coming, he didn't let us know about this whole court, civil uh, court situation in the first place. We cut ties because it was in breach of contract or whatever. And Antonio Brown side, the NFL Player Association side, they're going to be like. You know, we weren't in any kind of trouble, technically. We didn't get in trouble with the NFL. And our services were cut short without even any other, any notice or any kind of uh, suspension or anything like that before just cutting us off the team. So it's going to be both sides as far as that. I don't know who's going to win. We'll see what happens. Like I said, he was bad-mouthing Robert Kraft and everything Robert Kraft went through as far as his issues in Florida. Um, her Robert Kraft is, he decided to cut him as far as everything. And honestly, I think that went against what Belichick and Brady wanted because they figure he can be an asset to the team and he hasn't officially been in trouble yet. So there's no reason to cut him yet. So I don't know. It's just tough. You know, he is a, a magnet for controversy, but he's a great player. He's a great football player. And like I said, typically if you're a great athlete, great football player, you can produce on the field. There's lots of off the field you can probably get away with. Um, unfortunately, that's that's just kind of how it is. Um, you know, you've seen it in previous incidents. You see it with uh, uh, the running back that was with the Chiefs, um, Hunt, last year when he had uh, pushed or punched the the young lady uh, the one night. You know, obviously the Chiefs cut him not because it happened. They cut him because he didn't tell them about it, and so. You know, there's not really, I won't say there's not a moral compass in the NFL, but if you can play ball, you know, whatever kind of issues you have, a lot of, most teams will look past those issues if you can play. 
So I fully expect AB to be back in the league at some point in time. You know, he said he never play. He said he never play in the NFL again, which he will. You know, it's just a matter of how long it takes for a team to pick him up. Right now, he's just hot. So, you know, we'll see how long it actually takes for other teams to actually bring him in for a workout and sign him. So it's just a matter of time. You know, I just I actually came across an article today saying that he wants to return to the NFL. He says, I'm still the best, and there's no reason for me not to be in the league, basically. So, you know, he has that mindset. He has that, you know, that frame of mind to do that. And, you know, not everybody in the NFL has a, has a solid moral compass. It's just what it is. But um, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. So if you get a chance, go out there, click the link, uh, the send a message link. I think you can send a voicemail um, or, you know, hit me up on, you know, one of my social medias. So Twitter is Franchise1122. Instagram is Terrell Dwayne 11 um, That's at T-E-R-R-E-L-L-D-E-W-A-Y-N-E-1-1. Um, I want to hear your thoughts because this doesn't like it's going away anytime soon either. Um, I'm interested to kind of see what's going to happen next and who's going to, Who's going to step up and try to get him, you know? But unfortunately for him, for Antonio Brown, I think he's kind of played himself a little bit because he's not going to earn the money that he was going to uh, at the beginning of this season, for sure. Um, No one's going to put that kind of guaranteed money into his hands. And for him to think that they will, it's crazy. Or him to say that he's not going to play anymore until they guarantee money, that's crazy too. That's part of the collective bargaining agreement. And there's no way that owners are going to do that. They're just not. It's not the NBA. You know, it's too much of a contact sport for them to let something like that happen. It just won't. And I don't know. That's going to get into a whole other subject. But that's my thoughts on Tony Brown right now. You know, we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens next. All right, everyone, I am here for the final segment of the show. Um, I'm currently on my morning commute to work, but it's all right. We can make it work from here. So uh, the final segment is called Relax and Take Notes. Uh, It's basically just a segment where, you know, if I have a final thought on something or an opinion on something or something is on my mind, um, just the place where I can go ahead and, and give it and get thoughts to it and uh, see what everybody has to say after that. And today, because it's been on my mind for the last few weeks, is uh, regarding overzealous sports parents in youth sports, specifically when your child is like three and four and five years old. Um, a couple weeks back, I was at Caden's soccer game, you know, watching the game and everything, and all of a sudden, obviously, some kid scores a goal and this parent goes crazy like they scored their first goal in the World Cup, which I understand being excited for your child. You know, that's one thing. But this this parent, he was a little bit out of control. And then after that, he was screaming at the kid, yelling at the kid. And it's like, man, like your your son is four years old, man. Like just cheer him on and hope he has fun. You know, like, and he's taking it just way too seriously right now. And he's going to be one of those parents. And I hope he's not one of those parents that 
push his kid, push his child too much, and the child ends up hating the sport. You know, that just seems like that's the kind of vibe that he put off as a parent, in my opinion. Um, So I hope that that doesn't happen. Uh, It's just one of those things that, you know, I see it and it bothers me. It's crazy. Um, You know, I know Caden. Caden loves playing sports. He loves playing all sports all the time. He enjoys it. And, you know, whatever sport he's interested in playing, you know, I'm, we're going to try to, Lane and I are going to try to sign him up for it and let him play it. And, you know, I'm, we're going to teach him the fundamentals of it, but I, I don't want him to get burnt out on, him, on it. I want him to always have fun doing it. If he wants to play them all the time, year-round, multiple sports, you know, that's great. I'm on board for that. Um, but I don't, I don't want to be overzealous about it. I'm not going to try to live my sports dream through him. You know, I want him to enjoy himself. I want to have fun. Coping too. She gets older. If she enjoys sports, great. You know, if she wants to do, if if her or Kate want to do something else, they want to sing. They want to be in the band. They want to be a writer. They want to be an artist. Whatever it is, I want to be there. I want to support him, him them, one hundred percent. But being a sports parent, I just don't want to be that crazy parent that thinks that my child's gonna be the next Messi or Michael Jordan and be, a, you know unrealistic about it and just push them to where they don't like the sport anymore it's those things I just don't understand um, I don't get it it's like hey these are three four five year old kids just let them be kids and have fun and play the sport and don't be overzealous about it it's good to be it's good to cheer on your child and show them that you support them but there's a, a line to where you can go overboard so you know parents pay attention know where that line is and you know try to keep yourself in check make sure your kids are having fun having fun especially at a young age don't push them don't be overzealous you know and just make sure you have a good time if you heard that it's because i'm on the highway and there's construction and i ran over something so um but that's all i got uh like i said check out the podcast uh hit me up on my um instagram and twitter uh twitter is uh franchise 1122 and Instagram is Terrell Dwayne 11. Um, I plan on doing this podcast once a week. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Thursday or Friday yet. I know I probably should have that all taken care of, but I don't. But I'm new to this, and I will figure it out. And as I do, I will let you know. Um, I hope you're back from somebody. Like I said, you can always uh, leave a message um, through the Anchor app on the podcast, and I will listen to it and try to respond to your questions or comments. So, uh, hope everybody has a good one. Like I said, first episode's in the book. I promise you, the next ones will be better as I get used to it. And I'm sure I'll talk to you later. Have a good one.